embarking then this summer, playing with the big boys in Russia means nothing. It's out with the old and in with the new, but a vaguely familiar air, and that's just us. Welcome to the Totally Football League Show. I'm Caroline Barker. Open brackets leave suitable pause for the departed Ian McIntosh and Matthew Stanger. But no trial list for us. Weighing in at 63 out of the 72, Samuel, or is it Sam, or is it Sammy Parkin? Just a Sam, Caroline. Is it? No middle name. Oh, what, no Simple. Parkin either? There's a Parkin at the end of it. He's yeah, the no Pele of the Football League. He just wants Sam on his back. You can have it. I'll give it to you. It's a lot cheaper when I'm getting a shirt printed. Uh, backing him up, he's played at every level. Not always successfully. Adrian Clark's here. <laughs> Put me on the back foot right from the start. I like it, though. What I was like your it. most successful level? What was my most... Apart from those 30 minutes at Arsenal uh, that, that you've yeah. used your whole career. Uh, yeah, I'm still dining out in the nine first-team games for Arsenal. Yeah, I enjoyed my time at Southend probably the, the most, even though it wasn't the most successful on the pitch. I must say, I'm here under duress. Former flatmate of Ian McIntosh, he has got... Some tails on me. Does and, he? Uh, yeah, and, and that's the reason I'm here today. Is it's basically forced me to be here. Well, but I'm, I'm going to make the best of it. I'm feeling fortunate that that you want to be here. I mean, I'm I'm taking that as a, a want to be here. <laughs> I'm, jo- I'm joking. That's nine more games than I got at Chelsea, Adrian. Yeah. yeah, I'll take it. Look, I'm, I've, I've dined out on it. It's uh, my, my entire life. And uh, when So I... welcome to the Totally Football League show. <laughs> uh, unless Chelsea or Arsenal have been relegated, we'll shut them up just for a bit. You can be part of it too at the Totally Show. Joe Crilly's also here. Hello. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all I'm allowed to say today? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, very excited. Good. We've well got, done, you. We've got the rubbish football out of the way. Now back to the good stuff. Yeah. Are you prepared to give us odds that won't change anything? Yes. That's about all you need to do. Let's get on with it then. It's been a summer of moves, not just with us and our manoeuvres, Sam. It's money coming in, out, money stopping, managers coming in, out, players coming in, out. Have you enjoyed this summer more than most when it comes to the football league? Of course, yeah. I mean, it's very difficult to predict how the teams are going to go. Don't say that because this is a preview prediction (laughs) show. (laughs) Well, it is. You know, there's been, you always miss one or two incomings, and it seems that seems to be the way the last couple of days. Keeping across all the transfers has been quite difficult this year. There's been a lot of movement and obviously a lot of turbulence at some of the big clubs of the championship that I'm sure we're going to talk about in great detail in a moment. Great detail. That's the operative phrase there. Ah, mm, don't okay. worry about well, tell that. Tell me about that. Well, let's um, go with the clubs that you'll know, being former Premier Leaguers yourselves, as you've just established. <laughs> uh, Stoke, West Brom, Swansea, welcome back to the Championship. I mean, you're going to love it, aren't you, those three clubs? I think so, yeah. I mean, Stoke are coming in with real ambition, aren't they? Um, in terms of their loss to the Premier League, I don't think it's that great. They were quite boring, weren't they, towards the end there? And I don't think the Premier League is particularly... Uh, sad to see the back of those three clubs, but no interesting times because Stoke have, have reinvented themselves, I guess, under under Gary Row at Swansea with Graham Potter. Really excited to see what happens there. I mean, haven't given him any money yet, really, and nothing to speak of to to play with. But but he impressed me with uh, with Ostersons and Darren Moore at West Bromwich Albion did great, didn't he, towards the end of last season? Big question mark now is can he deliver over the course of a full season and can he? Form a team that's a little bit more adventurous because he was brilliant, wasn't he, at organising West Brom and making them much tougher to beat towards the end of last season. But need more than that, won't they, in the EFL? Yeah, I saw them very late on last season and he did brilliantly to galvanise the place, Darren Moore. But no, I completely concur. I think they're going to need a little bit more and a lot of 
Speculation about Rondon and Rodriguez. I think the top end of the pitch for them is going to be problematic. Getting a great goalkeeper in, in Johnson, who starred at Aston Villa last year. So looking good in that regard. But I think top end of the pitch for them. Stoke, I think, with the um, the riches that they've been able to keep hold of and add to. A phobie, going to get your goals at that level. Joe Allen signing a new contract. I think that could be huge for them. I think they're going to be the bookies' favourites. They probably are the bookies' favourites. Joe Crilly will come on to that. <laughs> but certainly Stoke look better placed than the other two. And Swansea, back to that expansive way that they've gone away from, probably that was built years ago under Brendan Rodgers and, and Martinez. And I think, you know, reading between the lines and reading some articles, I think Graham Potter was fancied for that job a few years ago. Mm. I think there's been a link there. I think it's Graham Jones, Martinez's old assistant. They played together. So I think he's been earmarked for that role. Obviously he had to go overseas to forge a career in coaching. Uh, he looks the the type of manager can get him back playing the right type of football for the Swansea uh, support. But I think it may be a, a year of consolidation for them because of they're a little bit light in a few areas. We are going to try and be as tight as we possibly can and rattle through all three leagues. But Stoke that you mentioned, there, those three teams for me are the ones that, that did it all early, have been kind of the calmest and maybe dealt with relegation possibly out of those three in the best way. But they do go to Leeds. Who wants to stand up and applaud Leeds for their managerial appointment? And who wants to say this one could be an early marker to the season? <laughs> it's so exciting, isn't it? I, if I'm a Leeds fan, I'm, I'm buzzing at the moment. I really am because Bielsa, you just you don't know what's going to happen. It could be just a thriller minute from from beginning to end. The thing is, we know about his background, the style of football, the pressing, the the fluid forward play. We also know he's combustible. So if it goes wrong, everything could collapse. I mean, no Ellen karma Rowe. club to walk into. Exactly. But, but the bottom line is, he actually has some good players to work with at least. I was really impressed with them at the start of last season, as we all were, I'm sure. Uh, they did tail off. Um, but if he can get them going in the mould that he likes to get his teams playing football, then Leeds are going to be the best team to watch in the Championship this season. And I think, I'm, I'm going to confidently state that I think it's going to go well. It could, it could go both ways, but I believe they're going to be in the top six for sure this season. They've got a lot of talent and I like the players he's brought in too. I wouldn't argue with that. Could be a car crash. Uh, can't wait to see what happens. Uh, I think there's going to be players that are going to be wanting to go and play for him. There's a Chelsea link there. I think Lewis Baker, Blackman going there, probably speaking to some of the chaps at, at Chelsea and, and realising you know what a reputation this guy's got in coaching and wanting to go there and, and further their careers and and Douglas, I think, coming in the last couple of days. I mean, what an incredible signing that is. We probably sat in this room last season and spoke so highly about this flower. I can only think that at Wolves, he maybe wants someone a little bit younger, a little bit quicker. But for that level, championship he showed last year, in terms of his numbers, assists and goals with that left foot, I think he was superb. Sweet so. left foot, wasn't it? What about yeah. Bamford, though? Is it? Is it? Because he, mm. they're, they're, he's the striker they've been linked with. He, is he good enough? Because they desperately need a, a front man to score the goals. I don't, I don't know. He's not been amazing, has he, the last couple of well, years? That's the one thing, Adrian, since they since they lost Chris Wood at the start of last season, you were looking to see who was going to step up to the plate. Kimar Roof played up there. Lasogo, I think, did okay at times. But, yeah, that is huge for, for Leeds. And I'm not sure Bamford was great, uh, you know, at times last year for Millers, but I'm not sure he's the focal point that mm. you're going to need to to get promoted in the Championship. Let's insert a, what about Bamford? What about Bamford, just in case? I mean, it happens. That's that's the fact that we've got this, this earlier transfer window shut in, that things 
have you done your business early where it could help you and other such cliches between Leeds, Stoke, that's the Sunday one. Monday, it all finishes up with Hull, Aston Villa. We're going to talk Villa in a minute because they are one of those interesting manager, behind the scenes, players, what's happening, could win it, could go down, whatever might happen with Aston Villa. But the weekend kicks off with Reading Derby. Sir Frank Lampard, as he might become. I was expecting, Sam, with with Derby that, that maybe they wouldn't do it a lot of business, that maybe they were going to try and keep things a bit quiet. But he's done a fair job bringing people in. He has, and he's gone uh, youthful. You know, Mason Mount, a player I've seen a, a lot of, didn't see him a great deal at Arnhem last year. But again, the numbers, I think, in double figures for goals and assists, incredible player. And someone who I worried about a little bit physically. It's quite slight, but really came on in the last year, 18 months, can go beyond people now. Looks like he's filled out and... He's going to be a really exciting one to watch next year. Harry Wilson, likewise, did brilliantly at Hull last year. And just on this first game, of course, Paul Clement in the opposite dugout. Mm. Paul Clement worked with Jody Morris, worked with Frank Lampard when he was Carlo Ancelotti's assistant. And I believe the first team assistant, a friend of mine, Chris Jones and, and Paul Clement are, are big mates as well. So <laughs> it's going to be amazing. You know, those guys coming up against each other for the first time in the championship. It's got... Um, Everything to be a really good opening to the season. I think Derby, like uh, Clarky just said on Bielsa, I think Derby are going to go well. I'd put them, I wouldn't say automatic, but I fancy them for the for the playoff, certainly. It's just getting that balance right at the top end of the pitch. They've still got a lot of the old campaigners from last year, your Nugent's, your Jerome's. It's, it's how they start the season, I think, for them. Getting that blend right. Mm, yeah, they're, they're injecting a bit more pace, aren't they? A bit, a bit more youthful in, enthusiasm. They've got hungry young players. I'm, I'm liking Lampard's faith I, in youth. And, and I like uh, the signing of uh, Florian Joseph soon as well from Brentford. Every time I saw him last year, he was terrific. Really, really exciting player. So they'll be better to watch. They were a bit one-paced, I thought, last year. Really organised. 4-2-3-1. Had talent experience of plenty but they didn't have much of a gear change derby and I think that's what held them back so uh, under Lampard I think they're going to be probably better to watch uh, the big question is can he organize the team probably like like a like an experienced manager can you'd imagine he will but but none of us knows and not even Frank knows that's that's the situation at the moment Frank thinks he can be a good manager but until he's out there in the dugout making those big decisions in the heat at the moment, mm. he won't know. It's really exciting. 4-3-3, they've kind of gone in pre-season. The fans seem relatively happy with what they've seen so far. Reading Derby opens up the EFL. It all concludes, though, with Hull Aston Villa on Monday. You're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. For all the latest odds in the footballing world, check out williamhill.com or download the app. And if you don't spot something you fancy, why not tweet at William Hill using the hashtag YourOdds for your very own personalised bet. 18 plus only, be gamblerware.org and when the fun stops, stop. Don't take my word on this being the only way to finish the weekend. Let's bring in a Villa view. That, again, is a really clumsy link to Dan Bardell from the aforementioned podcast. Hi, Dan. Hiya, you all right? I'm all right. You've had a quiet summer then so far but I think I think it might be all about to tag off <laughs> see I'm taking the mickey there because you've had uh, your manager is he isn't he Thierry Henry's coming in um, this this new ownership sort of money being poured in as as well for those that that don't know I don't know where they've been give us a, a couple of 10 seconds then on on what this summer's been like pretty traumatic I mean obviously we lost lost the playoff final which was, was bad enough to take and then everything that happened after it somehow ended up feeling worse than the playoff final, but I think we're finally in in a good place now. Obviously, Bruce has been backed 
by the new owners that, that are coming in. So I think we can now properly start to, to think about the, the new season because it has been a traumatic summer. Was that the right decision to back him, do you think? I think it was the sensible one. I think it would have been easy for the new owners to come in and try and stamp their authority and, and make a big brash appointment like Henri. But I think that these are quite considered guys that are coming in that have been around the block and they've, they've got some experience. And I, I understand they never even spoke to any other managers and that Bruce was one of the things that attracted them. So the club, the stability of Bruce, I think with, with it being so close to the start of the season, I, I think that was the sensible call to keep Bruce. But obviously it hasn't pleased all the fans. With new ownership, though, comes extra pressure, doesn't it, for Steve Bruce? How long do you give it if things aren't working out brilliantly for Bruce in the opening stages of this campaign? Because Thierry Henry, that link will not go away. And if they were to make a change early on in the campaign and bring in Thierry Henry, how would that go down at Villa Park? I really don't know. I mean, to to be honest, the the fan base is completely split 50-50. I'd say you've, you've got those that are adamant that Bruce is the right guy and you've got those obviously that looking at, the, at last season and thinking that we underachieved and to be honest I think that squad was good enough to go up and, and it should have gone up but to get so close in the playoffs and not go up I think you can't say that we had a bad season because obviously we finished fourth and we, I think we won 25 games of football but we've got a relatively kind fixture list and I know the championship's tough but the start of the season isn't as bad as it perhaps could have been so I think Bruce has got the chance hit the ground running back. I think we're sure at the moment. We've lost a few players. I still think you'll see four or five players incoming. When that happens, we'll know more about where Villa are at. Dan, with the uh, financial situation and FFP, etc., still hanging over the club, is there still a concern that you may have to lose some players, Grealish or a a Chester, before some incomings uh, are seen at Villa Park? (laughs) I mean, I wish I had a full understanding of financial fair play, to be honest, but I think we know that Steve Bruce has come out and said that that none of the star players are for sale. I mean, Chester and Grealish are irreplaceable, especially at a championship level. Chester's one of the best centre-halves in that league. He was our player of the season last season. By all accounts, it looks like he's definitely staying and I think he wants, he wants to stay. The trouble is, if someone comes in last minute with silly money for Grealish, I think with the financial fair play situation, we probably wouldn't be in a position to turn that down because one thing I do know about financial fair play is that if the players come through the academy that the whole transfer fee goes towards rectifying financial fair play but Spurs haven't come up with the money so far they're, they're the ones that have been majorly linked with him but I know they did it with Sissoko didn't they where they, they waited till the last minute and I think they probably ended up paying more than they wanted to bring Sissoko in so there's a, there's a chance that could happen but Jack, Jack's irre- irreplaceable and he's the heartbeat of the side so if we lose him I would suggest that promotion would be a big ask this season. Yeah, for me, that's that's where your swing is all on Grealish. Have you had a look at it? What would be acceptable for you then as a fan this season and all, all that you're doing with the club? Where should the team finish? I mean, I've said it on our, our podcast, any season where we don't go up is going to be perceived as a bad season. As I said, we finished fourth last season and that's perceived as a bad season by most. But the longer you stay down in the championship, the harder it gets. I mean, I said yesterday on our podcast that I think I make West Brom the favourites just because they haven't really lost anyone. And I mean, that doesn't sit well with me at all having to say that. If we get in the incomings that I think are going to come, I think we're capable of of top six. But it's replacing those people in the dressing room and on the pitch that we've lost, like Snodgrass and John Terry. Their their big miss is not there at the moment. We're very short on centre-backs. But if, if we address... Our deficiencies, I think we can have a go at top six again. But anything other than, than top six, I don't think a lot of fans will find acceptable. 
Dan, thanks for coming on. If people, and why wouldn't they want to listen to you, how can they find out more? Yeah, I'm just part of the fan channel, the Villa View, so we do a podcast once a week. It's on YouTube, iTunes and SoundCloud, and we do various other videos through through the week as well. We do fan cams after games, so yeah, with the Villa View on YouTube, and we just try and give the fans a, a voice, really, a voice for the football club. Brilliant it is too. Dan, thanks for coming on. No problem. Have a good day. You too. Dan Bardell from the Villa View, as Dan was saying, that's how you can find them. Just give it a Google and you'll find all things Aston Villa on there. I've got that swing with Villa, all dependent on Grealish, Sam. Mm. If he stays, I think they could sneak into the, the playoffs. If he goes, I think the ninth, 10th. Yeah, I completely concur. I think he was amazing last year. I think a point that needs to be raised now is Steve Bruce did get the best out of Jack Grealish, where some managers have struggled in the past. I think Sherwood did a good job with him for a spell. So that's a positive in the the Steve Bruce corner, if you like. Um, I think they'll be okay this year. I think it'll be difficult, given everything that's gone on, for them to really threaten the playoffs again. Um, but I, I agree. Dan and Adrian just spoke about it a little bit there. Mm. It would have been a bit of a vanity appointment. It would have been a hell of a risk, I think, to bring in Thierry Henry. But everything that's going on at the moment, to, to take that... Uh, decision would have been crazy but you just hope that they haven't done it to appease probably people like me and you uh, and to just um, stop them getting probably a load of abuse which probably would have gone the way of the new Aston Villa owners and and maybe if Steve Bruce doesn't start particularly well it's something they may do you know in January football owners listening to fans <laughs> he's got to start well he really has uh, on Jack Grealish I'm going I'm to disagree a little bit here I don't think he is irreplaceable I, I, I Obviously, he's a, he's a talisman for them. He, he was excellent last year. But he didn't score that many goals. He, he, he's, he's not produced a stream of assists. He he's makes a, he's a Premier League player no, he makes them tick. The he makes them tick. He's, he's a lovely player to watch. I love the way he travels with the ball. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Jack Grealish is a bad player. But there are there, there, are, there is talent out there mm. in, in the lower leagues, in the championship, at Premier League clubs that, that if they're smart with their recruitment, Aston Villa, they could use the money they would get for a Jack Grealish and find a player just as good, in my opinion. I don't believe Villa's season is a write-off if they lose Grealish. Less than 20 minutes in and we're arguing. Mm. It happened when you walked through the door. Adrian Clark and Sam Parkin talking all things Totally Football League. You can be part of it too at The Totally Show. Joe Crilly from William Hill has been taking in the workings out of both our guests. I say guests, you are here every week. Well done, you. Uh, and you, Joe. Uh, who, who are the favourites then to win it? Let's go uh, positive first. Well, Sa- Sam was nailed on. Stoker, miles ahead of the rest of the pack. Uh, they're 11 to 2, almost half the price of the next uh, favourites, who are Middlesbrough and West Brom to win the league. There was a bit of chat about Leeds and it, it it could go either way in my opinion as well they're 11 to 1 fifth favourites behind Nottingham Forest at 10 to 1 are Brentford in there anyway they're 16 to 1 to win it I think the, the, the promotion market's probably the, the one that you want to be looking at because it's so close and, and why wouldn't it be with so many good teams in the division um, Brentford are 4 to 1 to get promoted and Derby we actually pushed their price out when uh, Frank Lampard was appointed as manager they they were about 4 to 1 to, to get promoted we pushed them out to about 6 to 1 when he, he was appointed uh, but they're now into 7 to 2 after a couple of shrewd signings after listening to the podcast is <laughs> correct answer what about the other end of the table then sadly Bolton Wanderers are favourites to go down despite signing their first player for money in over three years on Monday <laughs> they are 11 to 10 so just a shade above evens for relegation Rotherham again just a shade above evens at 5 to 4 and Ipswich 
complete the uh, the, the or the top three in the market at five to two. Producer Abby, tell Joe what I've written next to Bolton. Can you read that? Relegated. Yeah. <laughs> it must be true. <laughs> Not yet. I mean, you've got a whole season to go, so enjoy it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the West Brom game this weekend. Yeah, I don't think I'll be enjoying that. <laughs> Let's just uh, look at a couple of fixtures before we go into League One. What stands out for you both this weekend? West Brom up against... <laughs> I haven't asked you the question. I'm not going to tell you <laughs> what I think. Uh, West Brom up against Bolton. Again, another of those where I think... Bolton will struggle in this and West Brom will do the old flexing their credentials for looking well. You yeah, can, You can pick another. Uh, no, I think that I think it's going to be difficult for Bolton this year, although um, they've got Ostermer in from um, Walsall, who's obviously thrilled us, I think, on this show with his wonderful goal. So it's just who he's going to be supplying, really, I think, for, for Bolton. I'm not um, thrilled uh, for Joe with the, the signing of McGuinness, but um, you'll get 100% effort from him, Joe, but I'm not sure you'll get the goal return. Uh, and West Brom, I think a little bit of an unknown quantity at the moment, given uh, what I've already said about the strikers. So, yeah, that looks like a good fixture. I think Bristol City, Nottingham Forest, uh, for me, to see if Bristol City can maintain the form of the last few years. Mo Issa, a player who has been linked with a lot of big clubs in the Championship, it's gone from Gary Johnson to Lee Johnson. And, um, I what think, are you saying? I think he could be a star. That's all I'm saying. I'm Sunday saying lunch, the, my son. I'm saying it's, not, it's nice he's got a head start. He'll be able to make the boy is kick. It, is he? he the new Bobby Reid? That's the, that's the big question, I guess. I, I think he has got the potential to be a, a very, very good player, Moise. I liked him. I saw him in the early part of last season against West Ham in a Carabao Cup and he was excellent. But Cheltenham got, I think, 25 goals. So it's going to be just interesting to see if Bristol City can maintain this form of the last few years but you wouldn't bet against it. And obviously Forest are, you know, for all sense and purposes, maybe the, the new walls of this year. And interestingly, these three Portuguese players that they've got in look like they're going to go straight into the team before behind a central striker who looks likely to be Lewis Grabin, who will be amongst the top goal scorers again this season, like he seems to do every year. So I think a real feel-good around Nottingham Forest for once after mm. everything the last few years they are really feeling optim- uh, optimistic about this year and I think that stands out for me uh, mm. the first weekend. I yeah. think he's left you Wigan Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> I think he might have done. Might have. I fear for Sheffield Wednesday. I, uh, this season we're, we're going to find out how good a coach Joss Luharki is for me to say, how good a coach he is. Um, he, he wasn't left a great deal last year, lots of injury problems. He's had time now to work with a group of players. He hasn't really signed anyone of note. I've got them at the bottom of my playoff picture here. Have so we you? can have an argument about well, that. Well, let's see how they go. I mean, he came with a big reputation. 18th. Yeah, I, I don't fancy it. I really don't. Wigan, on the other hand, mm. not many people are tipping them up for top half. And I understand that because they come up from League One. But I saw an awful lot of them last year in League One. And they really, really impressed me. I think 27 clean sheets. Good centre-half pairing. Nick Powell having a bit of a resurgence last Last year, they've got a very good goalkeeper in Christian Walton. So I think Wigan under Paul Cook will surprise a few because they've, they're very comfortable in the way that he wants them to play. And I think a little bit like Brentford in that their manager is it has the philosophy, plays the same every week in terms of the style. Everyone's really, really comfortable and au okay with it. I, I think they'll do all right. Just, Go on. Just a point on Wigan. I mm. think the last time they went up, they made wholesale changes to the championship. They've got a good team, a good structure to the team. Partnerships, I said it a lot last year, throughout the side, Grigg and Powell being the obvious uh, two. 
I think they'll be fine as well with just a few little additions. I think they could have a good season. Thank God I was never either of your managers. Not that I would have been anyway. But you two to control at the Totally Show, if you agree. Disagree would be better. Talking of disagreements, how many are we going to get in League One when you've got Joey Barton, Nathan Jones, Carl Robinson, anyone else you want to throw into there that likes a good old dust-up or a shake of hands? League One coming up. On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Football League show from Muddy Knees Media. League One. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, you never quite know what's going to happen, do you? Um, but it's, it's really, really exciting. I mean, Joey Barton, let, let's start with him, shall we? It's, it's an exciting acquisition for Fleetwood Town. Um, got to know Joey a little bit last season, doing various bits on the radio with him. And he surprised me. I thought I would hate him. And I didn't hate him. I actually, dare I say, I grew to quite like him, even though he disagreed with most things I said. And I said to him during the course of our conversations last year, I said, look, because he kept talking about, I want to be a manager, I want to be a manager. And I said, look, I think you've got the football intelligence, you've got the experience, clearly, you've got the determination. I said, my one issue I've got with you is the way you deal with people. You can be nasty. You can say some horrible, horrible things, Joey when you're pushed against the wall. So when things go wrong, when you're a manager, how will you deal with it? Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. We're about to find out, aren't we? Because they're not going to win every week, Fleetwood Town. And when things start to go pear-shaped, that is when we'll find out how Joey's personality will, will help him or hinder him in the dugout. Well, it has already become Joey Barton versus Wimbledon, hasn't it? You know, it's not Fleetwood against Wimbledon. He has almost taken over the name of, of the club already. And opening up against Wimbledon on, on Saturday in League One, it's kind of an odd test for me because they're a team that I don't want to say are going to struggle this season, mm. Wimbledon, but I, I fear for them. And Fleetwood, in essence, have got the money. They're hoping to maybe get the structure around him. He's at least been given the stuff to work with. Yeah, I think they, he's got a decent squad together up there. I think he's made some really interesting signings. Holt down from Rangers and uh, Chad Evans, obviously, uh, as well. I think they've been playing good football, by all accounts, in the in the preseason. He'll want to get the ball down and, and pass it through the thirds, you would imagine. Mm. Um, seems to be a bright thinker, like Adrian just spoke about. So it's going to be a bit of a contrast in styles because Wimbledon brought Hansen in, maybe to replicate what they did with Akin Fenwa and um, Tom Elliott in more recent times. So I think it could be a struggle for AFC Wimbledon this year. You hope that Neil Ardley is going to be the man to lead them into the new stadium when it eventually comes and you hope they can stay in League One. But I just think they've been punching above their weight somewhat the last few years. So no, it's going to be a really interesting game. All eyes probably on Joey Barton, like we've just spoken about. So you wouldn't bet against... AFC Wimbledon ruining the party and, and doing what they do year after year. I mean, some said you weren't as witty as, as you are in real life, but you are quite witty. I enjoyed that. So if we got Joey Barton's Fleetwood up against Wimbledon, great photos actually of their, their new ground coming on that Eric Samuelson's been, been posting up. If we've got them then, out of the other managers that could dust it up, um, shall I give you Peterborough? against Bristol Rovers. <laughs> Anyone want to take that one? Uh, yeah, my old mate Steve Evans. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. he once tried to get me sent off. He was no. screaming and shouting from the touchline. Yeah, I've never really forgiven him, although I did meet him on the radio not that long ago and I, and I made no reference to it. I just <laughs> pretended that it never happened. But um, yeah, Steve Evans, I think he's, he's under a bit of pressure here, actually. Comes with a big reputation. Peter Brewer will be among the favourites. I'm sure we'll find that out shortly. 
But they've lost so many good players over the course of this transfer window. Yes, That's he's always bro- the way, though, with Peterborough, isn't it? They love they love a sale, don't mm. they? They love love to turn a profit, and, and they're brilliant at it. But you do look at the the quality they've that they've lost, particularly in forward areas, and you think, have they have they made up for it with the acquisitions that they've brought in? So, so I would put a big question mark against Peterborough actually this year, even though they're traditionally one of the powerhouses in League One. Yeah, I expected Steve Evans to go in there and get them in the playoffs last year, and it, it didn't happen. They tailed off like a, quite a few teams, Phil Brown into into to, to Swindon, and also David Flickcroft to Mansfield, the, the tier below. So I kind of agreed. So many good players going on. Edwards to Ipswich, obviously Marriott to, to, to Derby, and waiting to see what happens with Madison. So I'm not sure that they've replicated it with the same quality. So a bit of a question mark for them. I think they'll be in and around the playoffs, but I think there's... Stronger teams and, and two of them that I'd pick out straight away would be Portsmouth and Luton who meet on the opening day. I think Luton showed last year the, the amount of goals they've got in the side, the way they play, the enthusiasm of the manager. Haven't lost anyone. Mm. Uh, Luke Berry's coming back to fitness. He'd be like a new sign-in. And the, the signings they have made, Grant, that was uh, on loan at Notts County last year. I think he's going to be an exceptional player for Luton again this year. So often we see teams go straight through the National League and straight through mm. League Two. Luton finishing second, first or second this time round. I think they'll either win it or runners-up. Yeah, yeah, you're really that confident. That is brave. <laughs> that is that very brave, bold. Very brave. That is bold. Uh, it's <laughs> one of those seasons because Luton have been expected to be promoted every year for the for, for many years now, haven't they? So, so this is probably the first year where the fans are not expecting it. They will be hoping for it. I used to play with Nathan Jones, good good friend of mine at, at Southend United. I really like. He loves a confrontation. He, too, oh, he, he? Well, yeah, he always did. Yeah, he broke my nose in training. Did it on purpose. Didn't didn't apologise. How? Yeah, it, it was a drop ball, but it was a drop ball with the ball thrown in the air like a basketball tip off. Was it? Yeah, yeah tip off. And uh, yeah, he swung his arm out and uh, smashed my nose to pieces. Saw it. And just laughed at me, and and just said, <laughs> you just basically cracked up, and there was no, there was there, there was no apology whatsoever, and yeah, I had to get it cracked back fine. into place. Can you see it? That is a fine nose. Yeah, it's a slightly, no, it's, it's, it's a fine nose, but it's a slightly wonky Give nose. Give me profile. That's the small side. That's the big side, is it? Or yeah. I, I can't remember. But yeah, unfortunately yeah. for me, mine has never been yeah. broken. And it's still <laughs> but he's a very good manager. I love the style of football that the, the Luton play. Really fast paced. I agree. On George Grant, he really doesn't do a lot often in the games he's on the periphery and then he scores and 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 I think he'll be a difference maker for them this year that's that's the belting first game isn't it at Portsmouth so uh, watch this space uh, south end are interesting i think this year i think they got doncaster on the opening day chris powell after he took over from phil brown south end were flying mm. he, and he inherited a very good squad drew yearwood i just want to it's always dangerous to hang your hat on a player, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hang my hat on Drew Yearwood. I think he's a he's a talent that's come through the ranks at Southend. Player to watch. I think he's injured for the start of the season, but remember the name. I think he's going to be a star for them this year. If there is another player you'd like us to hang a hat on, feel free at the Totally Show. We have almost done what four hours on League One. I exaggerate and not spoken about Sunderland. Anyone? Oh. The the positive to me when you go and you have a look at Roker Report or Wise Men and, and you listen to the fans talking, they are getting the opportunity to talk to Stuart Donald. So the new owners 
come in and he's doing the charm offensive well and he is opening that line of communication that wasn't there before. So that's that's a big tick, right? Yeah, that's the start. But it's not going to get you three points, is it, on a Saturday? That, that, but you have to do that. Yeah. Uh, that. That's important to restore morale, get the fans through the turnstiles. I think ticket sales are pretty good, actually, at Stadium of Light uh, ahead of this New season. New seats to sit on. They yeah, changed out the pink I ones. I saw that, yeah. Very nice. I mean, needed need a lick of paint, didn't it? Look, who knows? Jack Ross, they've got a good manager. Scottish Manager of the Year, wasn't he, for Samirin? So, so look, it's, it's, they've swept, uh, rang the changes. Let's watch this space. But I think... We'll find out shortly in terms of where they are in the bookies' odds. But I would suggest they're weak. They'll be weak favourites if that's if that's where they are, because that losing habit is fairly ingrained, isn't it? There, Sunderland, Charlton. I think Sunderland incredibly difficult to call at the moment. A lot of players that Jack's going to bring down from north of the border. McGeeck's a really interesting sign, mm. and he's been exceptional for Hibs. And we'll have the experience of playing Parkhead for Celtic and also for Hibernian, two big football clubs. So that shouldn't be too much for him to take on. A couple of other players that he's brought down. And and, and Jack Ross, I know him a little bit uh, in his different role. He was working for the PFA up in Scotland, went on to manage a, my former club, St Mirren. Outstanding, you know, when I'm talking to my former teammates. Uh, he's been a breath of fresh air at that football club that was really in the doldrums, dragged them back up from the, the, the championship. I think incredible points return last season so I think it's an interesting appointment but only time will tell who he's going to bring in how they're going to um, acclimatise to League One and also if he can get the best out of these young players they've only lost one to Swansea so the majority of those young players that came in last year and did relatively well towards the end of the season need to have big campaigns I've got them promoted or relegated Somewhere in between is not happening for Sunderland this season. Your thoughts, as always, welcome. We are trying to cram in all three leagues in a commute. Hopefully your commute's going to last just a little bit longer. So Sunderland, Joe Crilly from William Hill, uh, either promotion or relegation? Well, they're odds on for promotion. Good. You get quite a big prize for them to be relegated. I think the fans deserve something to cheer for once uh, this season. They're five to six to get promoted. They're 11 to four favourites to win the league and for relegation they're the biggest price alongside Barnsley at 20 to 1 first sacking of the season oh no you haven't got that don't have that Joey Barton (laughs) there is no science behind it (laughs) everyone just say Joey Barton Uh, I mean talking about Joey Barton uh, we haven't really been overly impressed with his appointment and uh, they're in the middle of the field, really, for, for promotion. So He's going to feel that, that we, you're not overly impressed. <laughs> if, he, if he's listening. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're, they're 10 to 1 for relegation. Why, why yeah, not so overly impressed? Just... I, don't, it, it, it's, I think it's the, like the, the same thing with Frank Lampard. We, we just don't know what yeah. they'll be like. And we've already spoken about his, his temperament. And if things do start to go wrong, it, I, I think it'd be quite difficult to see him being able to motivate the players to to do things better a little bit like Roy Keane when he was at Ipswich he 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 was very abrasive and and when things started going wrong he started to get angry that the players couldn't actually do what he used to be able to do and they started to slide down the league give us a, a best price for anything else besides in league 1 then i quite like the look of luton they're 9 to 2 for promotion which is quite a quite a big price 12 to 1 to win it i don't think they'll win it but uh, that 92 is very attractive for me. The one team we haven't mentioned, apart from all the 42 that we haven't mentioned as well, is Barnsley, who, as well as Luton going up, I've also got Barnsley winning it if Luton don't. Yeah, so Barnsley are the second favourites to win the league. They're 8-1, to one, ahead of Charlton and Portsmouth, who are both 12-1. to one. And 
at 11 to 4, they look like quite good value just for the promotion. Joe Crilly with the odds from William Hill. You're not going to ask me about Daniel Stendhal, are you? Yeah, go on. Yeah, he's got some good players to uh, to get into his team. Uh, and I just want to sing Mr. Stend. No. Mr. Wendell, that yeah. is that's exceptional. Thank you. Um, no, they'll be strong, I think, Barnsley. Two good strikers, more Bradshaw. Young, vibrant midfield and, and good good central defenders. I really liked Lindsay last year. So I think they'll be right up there. They're a team that have been able to keep hold of their, their main players and I think they'll be strong. Yeah, one one team we haven't mentioned uh, in the one of Bradford. Normally they're in amongst the favourites, yet it just it just hadn't clicked for it didn't click for them last year. It was a bit of a mess. Various managers came in and hated it. They weren't happy under the ownership. It was a very difficult place to go and work. And what have they done? They've gone and appointed a 32-year-old rookie, haven't they? Michael Collins, former under-18s coach. What a gamble that is. That's a huge club for a 32-year-old rookie boss to take, take charge of. It could be brilliant. He could be the next Alex Neal, I guess, or it could go pear-shaped. So if we go back to who might be the first managers to leave their post, if that starts badly, maybe we could expect to see a change at Bradford. Could have gone through that whole league table, actually, just by talking about the changes for managers. Mm. Some unfamiliar, familiar names, and we'll see how they come out come the end of the season. League 2 next. Into League Two then on the Totally Football League show as we look ahead to the new season. All kicks off this weekend. And for League Two, those that have, have gone up and experienced the new life, I think that some of those, I'm just giving you what I think first again, sorry about that, uh, will we'll experience perhaps heady days in League Two. But heady or headwear, again clumsy, Mr Tisdale, who both of you I know are well acquainted with, can he make Milton Keynes acceptable? <laughs> no, in <laughs> one word, it'll go a long way to actually appeasing some people who like his his get up, I suppose, in the dugout. His Were you surprised at that first off him him going? To I wasn't. Oh, maybe a little bit the choice of club. I wasn't surprised that he left. Of course, I think we all felt the writing was on the wall before that playoff final defeat, and they really didn't do themselves justice. So it was a sad way, a sorry way for it to end because mm. he's been such a huge part of. Exeter City for a number of years. That's going to be fascinating what happens in Devon. But yeah, I make MK strong favourites. A good squad that Robbie Nielsen had put together, but hadn't done the business for him. And obviously, change of manager, Michichi coming in, didn't happen for him either. So there's still some decent footballers there. And uh, he's recruited some lads that he knows. Jordan Moore-Taylor was the captain at Exeter. I think Paul Tisdale knows how to get the best out of Jordan because he's got character for a young boy. He was linked with Everton uh, many years ago. So that's a, a really inspired sign-in. A couple of other guys he really trusts. And a big budget that he hasn't had at Exeter. So, you know, the facilities. and Do, his... do we know how big? I mean, I don't want to figure on it, but compared to the rest of the teams? I, I don't know, but it'll be considerably bigger than what he's been trying to utilise at um, Exeter mm. over the years. And I, ju- I just think, you know, he's a very good coach, Paul Tisdale. And I, I think... Um, you know, they're, they're certainly going to be up in and around it. Yeah, all I would say on that is that they were short on goals last year. He He's a very attack-minded manager, isn't he, Paul Tisdale? I, thought, mm. I, I like the football that Exeter played, but they need they need to score more. And has he got the right centre-forward in place? That's all I'll say at the moment. Maybe between you know now and the close of the window, somebody else will come in. But yeah, he's under pressure, no doubt about it. But, but he's proven, Paul Tisdale. He, he, he can get teams towards the top end of the division. So uh, I think he'll do well. Milton Keynes head to Oldham on Saturday in their first game of the season. 
and then for me and and it may be this loving that comes from the Essex days and standing with them at Concord but I can see Danny Cowley and the Cowley brothers should they not get another distraction with a cup run Mm. doing well again for Lincoln and should they be able to hang on to him well they signed a new contract didn't they towards right towards the end of last season just as all the the bigger clubs were circling including Ipswich they made their best signing of the entire season, didn't they, Lincoln, by by getting those two guys to, to commit their futures. Yeah, they're rightly up amongst the favourites, aren't they? Because they've got a very stable squad. Everybody knows the direction they're going in. Terrific cup side. But, but what I will say as a slight negative is that in the playoffs last season, they really did come up short. They were extremely limited. They didn't have a gear change. They didn't have any other way of playing. And... The one worry I have for them is that they might get found out unless they come up with a bit of a plan B and maybe some players that that will help them play in a slightly different manner when plan A isn't working. There, there is someone that I always wanted to sign at Chelmsford, but we were never going to get him, um, which is a Kunde that's come in from Barnet. And I think he is that sort of player mm. that stays fit, will do well for Lincoln and could be that difference. Amazing signing. Did his best to keep Martin Allen up last year at Barnet. And um, yeah, I think they've got... They've got real good options, top end of the pitch. Reed, of course, such a threat in that division. And Green as well. So I think they've been playing a slightly different way in pre-season. He's been flirting with going with a back three and they've got Erdley on the right-hand side and Harry Toffolo, a lad I know really well from Swindon on the left, who's come in. Mm. Didn't work out for him at Millwall last year. So they've got the players with the attributes to players kind of flying wingers. Maybe they're, they're thinking along the same lines that they just need to have a bit of a plan B. But... Very surprised that the wheels came off in those games against Exeter and expect them to be, if MK Dons are going to be the best side, hot on their tails. On the road then again, Lincoln, their first game at Northampton. Any of those other fixtures that calling out to you and you think those teams are going to be up towards the top come the end of the season? Ooh, now, let's have, let's have a think about this. I think Notts County will be there or thereabouts uh, under Kevin Nolan against Colchester United. Colchester, I think, are going to struggle, unfortunately. They're, once again, they're, they've slashed the budget. They're going to have to work with really, really young boys. Um, now, Notts County are a strange one because every time I've seen them in the flesh, they've been rubbish. They've, they've not turned up at all. They've looked slow, sluggish, too old. But the results showed clearly that they, they, they were pretty good for most of last season under Kevin Nolan. What he's done, he's had a bit of a cull, got rid of a load of his old mates, a load, a load of the older players, and he's brought in some, some younger players, some quicker players. And I think that that will, will reinvigorate them. You know, clearly he's a manager that's going, going places. You know, it was a risk for Notts County to appoint him. But, but yeah, I, I think they'll do all right. And I, and I say that because he's recognised their shortcomings and he hasn't, he's taken some difficult decisions over the summer. And I think that's quite, quite brave. Yeah, I mean, the other two, I already touched on a little bit earlier about the change in manager last season. Mansfield and Swindon will be, again, amongst the biggest budgets in the division, you would think. New managers that were installed halfway through last season with a a full pre-season, there's going to be expectation from the the supporters. And I think from the finances they've certainly put in at Mansfield, if we're looking at them, you know, the supporters will expect them to be in and around the, the playoffs. But I think, like we've already spoken about, Sunderland... There's still some incomings and some outgoings to to happen, I think, at both those football clubs. And it's who's going to get the goals. Mansfield Rose is a player I like. I think he's been struggling with an injury. And Swindon are curtailed with um, an injury to Mark Richards already in pre-season. So if they can get themselves a a central striker to get the goals, those those two, the the size of the clubs and the financial backing should be in and around it. We've been used to clubs with relatively large budgets doing well and going straight through the leagues too. When, When you look at 
at Macclesfield coming into it and you look at Tranmere coming into it. Tranmere clearly have a decent support and, and Macclesfield feel like they, they should be doing well, but but their budget-wise, we know at least from, from winning the National, was was not great. How do you think both of those will fare? Yeah, they're, they're going to have a really small budget at Macclesfield, no doubt about that. Mark Yates, of course, they've had a change of manager. The, the manager that took them up, John Askey, has gone to Shrewsbury, hasn't he? So so all change at Macclesfield. I don't think they're going to be very pretty to watch, judge, judging by some of the players that have been brought in. They're, they're going to boom it. Um, which 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 works? It, it, it's worked just fine for Lincoln at the to, totally to, to, show for to some any degree. Of those players. Yeah, exactly. So 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 they, they'll be hard to play against, but they're up against it. Marcus for Tranmere, you'd imagine will 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 fare better because of the budget, because of the size of the club. But the one problem we've got is is Andy Cook, the the guy that yeah. that scored all the goals that fired them towards a, a really good promotion, has gone to Walsall. So. Who's going to fill his boots? Um, we'll have to watch that, watch this space, I guess. But Mickey Mellon has, has done a great job, hasn't he, at Tranmere? And it's just seemed they seem much more stable now than when they went down. It's a, it's a better football club, so I think they'll be fine. Tranmere head to Stevenage, Macclesfield, or at Swindon. Uh, League two for you. Who's going to be the the surprise that comes out of that? I guess we having spoken a lot about Tisdale and what happens there. With Exeter, it's kind of what's the fallout for them. They face Carlisle opening game. Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about Exeter. I mean, Matt Taylor's been given his first role and obviously he was a standout player for them. He's got an experienced number two, having lost everyone pretty much, along with Paul Tisdale, Matt Oakley, Mel Gwinnett, the goalkeeping coach as well, followed him to MK Don. So it's going to be really difficult to, to predict, I think, for Exeter. I don't think they're going to get anywhere near their finishes in the last couple of season. Uh, Jonathan Thoughts come in, I think, in the last few days. He's going to look to to try and get them a good return of goals. But I think they're going to have to... It's not that... Under Paul Tisdale, it wasn't total football. And I think that's a misconception. Mm. Sometimes they go long, you know, especially when I was in the side. The fullbacks would often hit you very, very early. He looks at every game, you know, in its uh, own merit. You know, against the opposition, who you're playing, and he'll play a certain type of way. And I think that we will more see that direct type of play this year from Exeter. I think there won't be any playing through the thirds. I think they'll go quite direct to their front players. You might not have the flair, Sam Parkin, but, you know, it's all about thinking it through. That's right, isn't it, Adrian? I didn't have anything in so that last tell, year. So they tell it's me. flair. <laughs> Splinters. <laughs> what, what, my local team, I was brought up in Suffolk, but on the Cambridge border, Cambridge United. I think they're an interesting one this year because they've sort of just been treading water a little, little bit in, in League Two for a while. Small club, but... But Joe Dunn came in and they did improve. They were better to watch. They scored loads more goals. And uh, Barry Corey, I saw a lot at Southend, still there. Um, if they keep him fit, he'll, he'll bang in some goals. So I think Cambridge could be one to watch. And uh, and Stevenage have made a few good signings. I've played for them, of course. And um, yeah, Dino Marmory is doing a good job there. Michael Timlin, interesting signing, coming from, from Southend. I'm... I'm not upset that Southend have lost him or let him go, but I think he is a really, really good player at that level and that he will hold that midfield together. I don't know if you come across Michael in your time, but but he's, he's a good box-to-box, strong central midfield, and I think he could make a difference for, for Steven this year. I have noticed that I have blown it all and told you who's going up and a few of who's going down, and you've kind of avoided it through all three leagues, but I'll let you have one game in, and then this time next week you are telling me everything at the Totally Show for your thoughts on not only what you've just heard what you'd like to hear too we were hearing from Dan Bardell from Villaview earlier on hopefully every week we're going to hear from another club too something you want to hear get in touch at the Totally Show Joe Crilly 
Having said and poured my heart out that I think Lincoln will, will do it, am I wider the mark? No, not at all. Uh, they're third favourites no, to go up. No, just end it there, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they're third favourites to win the league, third favourites to go up. Uh, alongside Mansfield, they're both 9-4. to four. MK Dons and Notts County both 7-4. to four. So Lincoln uh, very much in and around the uh, the promotion conversation. Who's um, the one at the end of the season that we're going to sit up and go, oh, I didn't expect that? I'm going to stick my neck out here. And I think that uh, after the, the end of the season that they had last season, Grimsby will finish higher than mid-table and push on towards the playoffs. Is that actually sticking your neck out? <laughs> yeah. They're... So Grimsby will finish in the top half of the table. If you fancy them for promotion, which is highly unlikely. Oh. Uh, um, Grimsby, 8-1. to one. Grimsby, Forest oh. Green. So I think they might get three points. It's harsh on Forest Green, but I think Grimsby might win that, that first one. They know yeah. each other of old. Yeah, they do. Speaking about the bottom of the table, I feel worried for um, Morecambe. I think they're going to struggle big time this season. I saw them uh, play Chester in a pre-season friendly and the fact that they're still hanging their hat, that seems to be a phrase of the day, the fact that they're still hanging their hat on Kevin Ellison, who is without doubt a specimen and a great player, uh, but whose best days are perhaps behind him at 39. I think the fact that... uh, I think at five to two, they're they're a great price to go down. They don't maybe don't have the dosh, do they? It's going to hurt no. them again. No, we we say the same thing every every year about Morecambe, though, don't we? Yet they they seem to have not necessarily the players, but the character to to stick it out and and to just about survive. They they often start really well and then plummet, don't they, Morecambe? So maybe the start will tell us tell us about their season this year. I worry about Oldham. Now I saw Oldham at the back end of last season, and they they weren't at that stage any surefire thing to go down and they were awful they were terrible and they've got ownership issues there they've got a new manager again the recruitment I'm not sure about Oldham feels like a club that's in a bit of a state at the moment so so yeah they might struggle there's nothing like ending a show on a high <laughs> that's it from us this week then remember you can get in touch with Adrian with Sam with Joe and with me if you want to at the Totally Show thanks for your company bye bye You've been listening to the Totally Football League show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com and make sure you check out our brand new podcast for this season, the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven.